Hello and welcome to Contemplative Episcopalian, a podcast of St. Paul's Episcopal Church. We are a Christian faith community located in downtown Beloit, Wisconsin. I am Father T.J. Humphrey, and for this episode we are sharing uh, with you a homily that I delivered on December 5th, 2021, the second Sunday of Advent. The name of this homily is The Courage to Face Yourself. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Ituria <laughs> and Traconitis, <laughs> and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priest of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went in, into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. The summer after my first year of seminary, so this would have been the summer of 2017, I was able to go and live with some hermits for the better part of a month. <clears throat> and if you're unfamiliar, a hermit is a monk who spends even less time talking to people than most other monks do. They are a riveting bunch of people. <laughs> All of my other classmates were required to do an internship at a church that summer, but I was able to convince the academic dean to let me do an internship at a hermitage instead. Initially, the look on his face was priceless when I made my initial request. They wondered why anybody in their right mind would want to go and do something like this, like spend their summer <laughs> at a hermitage. But after I explained my reasons, he understood, and I'm thankful that he signed off on the whole project. You see, I had already served as a full-time pastor in my previous setting in St. Louis for about seven years, about a month shy of seven years, actually. Uh, so I felt like a simple parish internship would just be like circling back around to the basics that I had already learned during that time. But more importantly, I also realized that I had some demons that I needed to face. And just spending a summer doing some basic churchy work, it was going to be more of a distraction than an aid to me in this quest, <clears throat> I felt. I needed to find a place saturated by silence a spiritual desert, a mystical wilderness, if you will, that I could go into and immerse myself in. I needed to find an undistracted place of solitude <clears throat> where I could go and unlearn the nasty habit that I had developed of constantly running away from myself 
and my problems. So I went, and I lived with the hermits of New Camaldoli Hermitage for most of August that summer, which meant I prayed when they prayed, I ate when they ate, I was silent when their sacred silence blanketed the mountaintop. And even though these hermits, they weren't like true hermits in the truest sense, like they weren't completely reclusive. They did assemble for meals and like the daily office and the Eucharist throughout the day, but still the vast majority of each day was spent in total silence. No TV, no computer, no cell phone service, no Wi-Fi, no voices, no Netflix, <laughs> right? Just a punctuated silence that cut through the soul like a knife. There was absolutely, absolutely nothing there to distract you from yourself. My friends, that amount of silence changes you. That amount of concentrated mental stillness renovates the core of you. I walked away from that experience utterly convinced of something that a philosopher once said, that all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Another way of saying it, most of our problems stem not from our inability to deal with other people, but from our refusal to deal with ourselves. Other people aren't the problem. It's our lack of courage to dig deep and to face ourselves. That is the problem. We don't take the time that is needed to face our inner demons or, you know, call it whatever else you want, like what psychologists tend to call the shadow self. We don't take the time to face these things within ourselves. Instead, we repress this side of ourselves because we don't like it and we don't want to have to deal with it. We'd rather not, right? So we stuff our inner demons deep down within us and we lock the door and we throw away the key, hoping that will work. But it doesn't work, does it? <laughs> Anyone who has spent any amount of time trying to immerse themselves in sacred silence, any amount of time trying to cultivate inner peace through silence or mental stillness, they soon learn that silence itself is not at all peaceful. Rather, silence is like the battering ram against the cage that you have kept the deepest part of yourself locked in. This is why so many people today cannot handle silence, even for a second. I mean, just the other day, I took my son to the dentist, and I had to wait, even though he's five, he was five at the time, I had to wait in the waiting room while they cleaned his teeth and examined him because of COVID restrictions. I couldn't go back with him. While I was in the waiting room, I noticed that there were about 20 other parents present, also waiting for their kids. But at one point, I noticed that out of all of the people in that room, I was the only one who wasn't on my cell phone. And I noticed a habit, a trend, that the very second that these kids were ushered away, these parents immediately had phones in hand. It was like just instinctual for them. And you see this everywhere you go, don't you? I mean, I have nothing at all against cell phones. Don't get me wrong. I'm talking to you right now through one, right? <laughs> uh, I am thankful for cell phones. But a question. 
like, do we instantly cling to our phones in situations like these, like in waiting rooms, because we are mainly bored? Or is it because we have grown accustomed to avoiding silence, avoiding our thoughts, avoiding our shadows? Are we really that bored? Or is it that we are seeking to distract ourselves from ourselves? To the modern person, silence feels violent. It feels violating. It feels intrusive. That's because it is. It is. When a quiet hush falls on the world all around us, we start to realize just how noisy and anxious and angry and broken and dark the world within us truly is. And when we finally do find some solitude, when we are able to physically distance ourselves from those things in life that we think are making us so damn unhappy, we realize in those moments that there is no one else to blame for the unhappiness we feel in the solitude, in the silence, because those unpleasant things are not there pestering us. It's just us, alone with ourselves and our thoughts. About halfway through my time, at that hermitage, I was able finally to turn and face my shadow, my demons, to grapple with these inner demons. And although the experience, it initially crushed me, absolutely crushed me, because all sorts of painful feelings rushed to the surface of my consciousness, things I would rather have forgotten about and left forgotten, right? It all came back up for me, even though that was the initial experience. Afterwards, it was the most liberating and joyous and like purgative experience of my entire life. I came out the other side of it feeling reborn, resurrected, like I had finally come home to myself, awake to myself after some long, perilous journey or sleep. It was at that point that I felt the full weight of something that a desert father once said. Go into your cell and your cell will teach you everything. In other words, make a habit out of going into a quiet space. Find your desert, and God will teach you everything through it. Enter the silence, and that silence will teach you everything, if you have the courage and the grit to withstand it. Now, you may be wondering, like, what the hell does any of this have to do with Advent? <laughs> right? It's Advent too. What does this have to do with Advent? The answer is everything. It has everything to do with Advent. Like that part of ourselves that we tuck away and we refuse to deal with, there's a simple truth about Advent that is present in our gospel reading for today that the institutional church has tucked away and has refused to deal with. A truth so evident that most fail to see it. You probably failed to hear it as I was reading it to you earlier. What is that truth, that simple truth tucked away? It's that the Jesus movement, Jesus's movement of love. Christianity was birthed out of the solitude of the desert. This religion that we are all a part of finds its origins in a hermit named John who baptized people in the silence of the wilderness. And baptism itself finds its origins not in our institutionalism, but in the quiet mysticism of desert spirituality. 
Baptism, the foundation of our whole faith, it's less about joining an institution than it is about finding transformation through silence, finding union with the divine, finding one's true self. It's about learning how to listen for long enough that you can hear God's still small voice speaking in the depths of your soul. This is why the earliest Christians equated baptism with enlightenment and not just with church membership. It was a ritual that celebrated the dying of the false self and the rising of the true self in Christ. It wasn't about joining an institution, but about joining a group of people who had been roused from their slumber, who had mustered up the courage to face themselves, and who had come out the other side of that inner struggle, a resurrected people. Baptism. The gateway into the church was about having the courage to accept yourself as much as God had accepted you. And it was called a baptism of forgiveness because it was about giving yourself permission to forgive yourself for all the ways in which you had failed to be yourself, failed to find yourself, failed to find the divine within yourself, failed to actualize the image of God within you. Baptism was about giving yourself permission to find joy in your resurrection, in Christ's resurrection, for they are one in the same event. Luke tells us that John the Baptist fulfilled Isaiah's words, that he was the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness, who spoke to us out of the silence and solitude of the wilderness of the desert. And under his influence, every mountain was made low, every valley was raised up, and a pathway was made straight for the Lord's coming to us. In other words, John teaches us that it is silent receptivity, mental rest, mental stillness, that paves the way for the Lord's coming to us. Silent meditation is the practice that smooths over all of the jagged terrain inside of us. This noise inside our minds and this anxiety inside of our hearts, they're like mountains and valleys that we erect between ourselves and Jesus. But John baptized people out in the wilderness to show us that if we want to experience Christ's coming to us, we must take the time to look away from the hustle and bustle of daily life. We must let our minds be tamed by the silence. We have to hit the brakes, get out of our daily grind, and we have to have the courage to finally face ourselves. We must stop putting off dealing with ourselves and find our desert. And the beautiful thing is that your desert can be found anywhere. Like you don't have to go anywhere to find it because it's less of a place and more of a mental shift. The desert's within you. One of the most famous ancient desert fathers, was it St. Serapion? It's a fun name to say. <laughs> One of the most famous ancient desert fathers. He once set out on a pilgrimage from Egypt, if I remember correctly, to Rome. So quite a ways back in that time. Once he arrived at Rome, he was encouraged by some people to go and visit a woman who was respected by a lot of people in the city. She was a hermit who lived always in a small room, and she never came out. 
Now, this desert father was skeptical about her way of life because he himself was a great traveler. He had traveled far just to go on this pilgrimage to Rome, after all, right? So he is skeptical. But once he found her, he saw her in her little room, praying, meditating by herself. And he intruded, (laughs) and he asked, Why are you just sitting here? To this she replied, I am not just sitting here. I am on a great journey. Advent is about having the courage to embark upon that great journey. So stop putting it off. Stop running from yourself. Stop putting off dealing with yourself and go, go, go on that great journey.